We are two old goats, one of which is named Bill Gray. And John Chapman. And we are back with you. Before we get too far down the line on this episode, a reminder to uh, folks who are visiting with us, you can reach us on Gmail at two old goats at gmail.com. The two refers to also T O O old goats at Gmail. And we do have a Facebook page and um, you can actually uh, comment on that as well. And uh, that is uh, two old goats at Facebook. Okay. I'm going to start her off again, if you don't mind. And, and I want to talk a little bit about this thing they call inflation. And um, it, it seems to be the key, um, the key topic, and they keep laying it. Uh, the, the the opposition, the Republicans, whatever we want to call them, and and saying that the Biden administration did that. And um, I don't remember a lot of econ in college. Um, but I do remember it takes more than a couple of years and, uh, um, and here's my, my question about, um, who did this? That was my question. Uh, the oil companies are reporting billion dollar profits in the last year, um, record profits for their existence. And that's when we were paying $5 a gallon. Uh, Businesses, in my opinion, are very short-sighted. They manage their costs um, to as thin as they can get them uh, with inventories and staffing. And when the pandemic came, uh, inventory was a very small thing and people got laid off. Um, yes, there was hope um, from the government. Uh, one of the industries that took some of that hope were the airlines. Uh, they took all of the COVID money. And what did they do with it? They early retired all of their, or not all, but those who were able, uh, their veteran pilots. Now they have a pilot shortage, um, which is causing stress. Um, shipping rates are skyrocketing, um, from shipping coming across the ocean to the, the truck that delivers items to your door. I mean, you can look at your bill and see, um, the, uh, fuel charge additions. Um, it comes back to, uh, what I remember from econ two things, the law of supply and demand and what the market will bear. The law of supply and demand is controlled by the corporations, the people who sell the products. Um, What the market will bear is us. Um, And there is an argument that um, the reason that gas prices came down at all was not a political reason, but uh, their sales went down. So they were like, well, uh, the market's not standard for this. So I, I guess the, the point is, is or, or my point is, that um, we need to lay this at where it is. Um, over the last uh, few years, uh, 
the banks made very bad decisions with derivatives. Uh, were they like Ford and the Etzel held responsible? No. Are they back at it 10 years later? Yes. Or 12 years later? Yes. Uh, the auto industry, they had a problem. Uh, Michigan was staring at 25% unemployment. The government bailed them out as well. Again, corporations not having any foresight. And then we had a uh, trade embargo, which cost farmers in this country uh, billions of dollars, and the government shelled out $12 billion to reimburse them. So they basically, uh, it, to my opinion, uh, was kind of self-defeating. All and, over a temper tantrum. And so, I mean, you, you look at other numbers here. Unemployment is low. Uh, the stock market is rocking along. So the people that are in the market, uh, in the 401ks, as they're always thrown at us, you know, they're doing okay. Uh, I mean, not gangbusters, but okay. Interest rates on houses are going up. Okay. Who makes that money on the interest rate going up? The banks. What did the banks have for all those years when they were loaning us money? Zero interest from the Fed. And where did that get us? It got us in the stagflation that the whole world is seeing. It's not an American phenomenon. It's the hangover from the economic upheaval of COVID. And to say that the democratic policies um, are causing the inflation, I believe 45 gave away more money than Biden did. I mean, I, I please fact check me on that. But and if it's not more, it's pretty darn close. So, uh, you know, I think we're pointing our finger at an easy target when, you know, we need to be pointing our finger at the people who set the prices. Uh, the government tried that uh, back in the uh, in the Nixon administration. Uh, you know, if you uh, for the old folks like us, we remember Mr. Nixon's wage and price controls. And uh, that didn't work and uh, caused uh, even uh, greater inflation. So, I mean, the government, I, I would really dispute that the government has a lot of control on the free market. Um, I mean, that's that's my my thought on it. I mean, uh, and I mean, am I is there a shred of reason in my argument? Well, I, I believe so supply and demand, we went from an economy that was just in time is how businesses work. They got their material in just in time to get it out the door. And they always had a stockpile or an inventory that they could depend on. Well, with the new paradigm, they don't have those warehouses full of goods anymore. All our goods are basically being shipped from China, because we don't manufacture the stuff we used to back in the 70s and 80s. So if we're dependent now on things coming from other countries, but the demand is there. Mm -hmm. And if the demand is there, they can adjust the prices to whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you economics. Know, gas and oil prices, you and I grew up when gas was 30 cents a gallon or less. 
until, you know, the crisis in, I think, 74, 6, when we gas prices went way to $1.50 a gallon and people couldn't afford gas and we couldn't find gas because yep. there wasn't enough being produced. Yeah, You remember um, license plates. Yeah. You had to have a special number to get in and license plates. And uh, again, they're m- making profits hand over fist. And, you know, why does it, uh, and it's, well, we're changing our plants over. Well, I, I guess this is the first time you've ever done that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I, I, I'm not buying, you know, we're here to help you. Um, and because the, the numbers don't back up your benevolence, um, petroleum companies. Um, and, and th- then it, we just get crazy. I mean, uh, we have a lot of natural gas in this country. I mean, I, I'm not sure why we don't use more natural gas, but, um, I, I just, uh, I, I'm not an economist. I, I took a couple of courses does not make me an economist, but. Uh, I just would like to put the onus where it is and the onus is in the marketplace. You know, to say the president uh, made it unfriendly. Well, he made it unfriendly. uh, 45 made it unfriendly for farmers to the tune of $12 billion. Um, That was a thing he did. He enacted an embargo. It caused problems. It had to be paid off. I'll give him that. I have not seen a similar thing with um, with President uh, President Biden. And um, again, I uh, my daughter says all the time uh, that she is amused by how we put everything at the foot of the president. And the president has virtually, you know, no power. I mean, the executive order is in all of the presidents use them, but you know, Congress makes laws. The judiciary tries to keep those laws in focus. Um, you know, it's it's we don't have a monarchy, and we should be more concerned about the people who are um, who represent us uh, in Congress, in the state legislature, in the city council, in the school board. I mean, uh, even down for some folks, not me, but uh, even down to the homeowners association. That, um, you know, it, it, you know, we, we, have to, we, we have to address the problem for who the problem is, not place blame on it. Uh, but, um, again, well, that's that, politics though. It's yeah. the political season since there's an election within six days. Yeah. So that's a good target because inflation that it's there is affecting us all. So it's a good target to say it's all the president's fault. Well, you know, back when uh, we went into the government shutdowns, Mm -hmm. when that happened, Mm -hmm. people were blaming that on the president. Mm -hmm. Well, it was Congress that shut down. Yeah. And, you know, and Newt Gingrich basically got lost his speakership because they took that action because Bill Clinton came out on top on that. They're the ones that make the laws. But when you are giving tax breaks to billion dollar corporations, what do you expect that they're going to do? They're going to gouge us as much as they can. They're, they're doing everything they can to make money for their investors. 
And now with when we went through COVID and nobody was using any gas, the prices dropped. Well, now we have a demand for gas, but the prices shouldn't be as high as they are, mm -hmm. especially with the profits that the companies are making. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. So you're right. That's who we should be going after. And there's and some uh, the ahead. new the new tax law or that's going to come into effect to make them pay their fair share has that's probably one of the reasons that they're gouging us now because yeah. that'll keep their profit line up and for their investors in the future because now they're going to have to pay, start paying taxes. But that would be only fair. Yeah. You and I have to pay taxes and we pay probably at the 30% rate. And the new law is going to make them pay at the 10 or 15% rate. Something's wrong with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, here's, let's do the math for a second here on, um, um, on who's, who, who can afford taxes. I mean, let, let's, you know, you say, well, we can't tax the rich. You can't tax people because they were successful. I'm, I'm not taxing them because they were successful. I'm taxing them because they have the money that you, you can't tax the poor because there's, there's no money to tax there. I mean that, and especially as people say, those on the tit, you know, don't have any money. Um, if you look at the middle class, you know, the people that own two or three McDonald's that, um, you know, they're pretty heavily regulated and taxed. So we go back to the situation where who has multiple homes, multiple cars, um, a very high disposable income, in some cases, the ability to go into outer space on their own ticket, which, hey, it, that's fine. You know, I mean, you had an idea, you took it to market, you made money. I, I'm okay with that. W what I'm not okay with is that we don't get a piece of that to cover um, what we need to get done. Uh, there's a, an, an interesting post on Facebook that uh, the other day, and it's attributed to Natalie Robin Justice. Uh, I, I don't know anything about her, and I'm, I, I could even be getting crazier by quoting her. But the quote on Facebook was very simple. If a monkey hoarded more bananas than it could eat, while most of the other monkeys starved, scientists would study that monkey to figure out what the heck was wrong with it. When humans do it, we put them on the cover of Forbes. I believe that kind of says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. When you think that 2% of the population, a very small number, owns 98% of the wealth in this country, where does that leave me and you? Because we fall into that 98%. Yeah, but again, you know, I I I'm, I don't want to talk about the quote unquote morality of they worked for it, they deserved it. I mean, fine. Okay. It's fine. And if we're going to take the high ground on that, there's some other things I'd like to chat with you about taking the high ground. <laughs> um, the, the thing that, that I'm addressing is you can't tax people who don't have money to get 
what is it? Musk just spent what fifty billion dollars. Uh, yeah. He didn't do it all on his own. He put together, um, you know, like rich people do. They get a bunch of rich people together and and do so. But fifty billion dollars for an app. Um, I and some will say it's a voice for him, but um, you know, if they've got this much money, we we can tax them because they have money that can go into the system. It's not a question of. I'm not saying they deserve to be taxed. I'm saying that they're the only people that have the reserves to be taxed. I mean, that's the fact of it, isn't it? Well, the position of you know of the government is. If you make money, you should pay the government because you get all the services that the government provides. So paying your fair share is not a bad thing. So saying that whatever way you want to look at it, they should be paying their fair share. But when we look at the taxes that we never saw from Trump, because they were always under audit, uh, you would see that people make money or they lose money or they hide money or whatever they do, but the system's not set up for the guy that's making $75,000 a year. It's made for people that are making the multi-million dollars. They can have tax attorneys and accountants to do all their stuff, and they get every tax break that's available and probably some that are a little shady. But you and I, if we go to H and R or wherever we go to get our taxes done, or do them on the kitchen table, and we're stuck with trying to understand this crazy tax code that we've got in this country. But the you know the last big tax break they got that ninety nine or eight percent of that went to people that were making over what four hundred thousand dollars. That's why do we give tax breaks to people that have tons of money to begin with? If you give tax breaks, you give it to the people that need things, that need to go to buy groceries every week, that are living from paycheck to paycheck. That makes more sense to me. That makes the middle class grow. They can do something. They're not always in a hole. Do you think there should be... Um a needs assessment for people on social security? No. I, I mean, if you make, if you're a millionaire and you paid in, um, you, you're entitled to the money you paid in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're entitled to it. Yeah. But, but the key is that, you know, when social security was around, you stopped paying into social security at $83,000. So how many people do you know that actually stopped paying Social Security in a year? Back when I was, you know, still working and everything, not many people were making 80 grand a year. Yeah. yeah. So they always were paying into Social Security. Well, the guy that's making hundreds of thousands of dollars, he stops paying Social Security in the first six months of the year. Yeah. But I mean, my point is, is uh, on one side, they don't need it. And on the other side, uh, it's their money, just like with us, you know, and uh, it, it's not an entitlement. It's our money. I mean, you didn't give us that money. We went to work. You took it out of our checks every year, every week or two. It's our money. Yeah. And um, if Congress and it, we're 
I'm going to paint us into a corner here, but, um, you know, Congress, instead of talking about entitlements, uh, might be interested in paying back the money they took out of the trust fund. And and that would would be um, a step. That's their piggy bank because they've been taking money out of the trust fund for years and years and years. And I don't ever think they pay any of it back. You know, it's just a shell game because when the government decided back during the Reagan administration that they were going to stop people that were retired military and then went to work for the government and retired, they were getting two checks, two retirement checks, military and civil service. Well, they stopped letting people do that. They said, that's not the way it is. You paid money, but you paid it into this account. And now we're not going to pay you out of that account anymore. We've changed the law. So you can't be a double dipper or, or some cases triple dippers. But those guys, you know, that's how they went to work. They said, I've been in the military. I'm going to get my retirement. Now mm-hmm. we go to work for the police. I'm mm-hmm. going to get a retirement for that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to work for the federal government for 10 years or so. And I'm going to get a retirement from that as long as they get vested in their stuff. And the government stopped that. But there's no reason for that. They worked for it. And I didn't see why people weren't up in arms about that. Because basically, I guess it didn't affect a large number of the population. Well, I I think a large number of the population feels it doesn't matter. I agree with that. I mean, even in the last election... It was a record turnout of 62% of registered voters. All right, let's run the numbers on 62%. That, you know, that means what, 20, 31% of America picks everything yeah. on, a, on a good day. I mean, it, and, and uh, that many registered voters, that was 8% higher than the year before. You know, we're, we're back to our central theme, uh, be active, vote. Where do you find us, Bill? Well, I was, you were anticipating me there. We are at two old goats at gmail.com and two old goats at Facebook, the two as in two O O as in also. So, uh, th- that's something reach out to us and uh, say, you guys are crazy. You guys are on point um, and you guys need some fact checkers. Um, <laughs> you know, I- I'll take some fact checkers. I-, I-, I wouldn't hurt my feelings. Well, I think we- on this particular episode, if, if you don't mind, I, I wouldn't leave, uh, leave you with, um, an extremely important topic that, um, it- is causing some distress. And uh, I'm, I'm going to quiz you on this. Do you know what the cactus plant flea market box is? Cactus plant flea market? Uh, the cactus plant flea market box. <laughs> no, I have no clue. Well, you know, for uh, the, the people who brought us the McRib. It's a limited edition meal box for grown-ups. And that's where it's targeted. Uh, They include a a Big Mac or nuggets, fries, and a drink. And um, and you say to yourself, why? Well, because it it sold out. Um, That... (sighs) 
they had visits to McDonald's during the week of October 3rd when the boxes were introduced were up more than 37% um, compared to same week uh, the year before. Um, the adult meal, as McDonald's says, is a reimagined experience of the little red box we got as kids. The box is reimagined, designed in Cactus Plant Flea Market's signature graphic style. It's a clothing firm. Uh, the prices, too, align with the vibe. And w- what do you think that the Cactus Plant Flea Market box uh, should cost if you were able to get one? Uh, what do you think the price range on that bad boy is? Seven bucks. Ah, uh, we'll go with nine to thirteen, depending really? <laughs> depending on uh, on what state you're in, and uh, it's and it's it's insanity that in uh, one drive-through included ten Happy Meals, um, and. It, it it got so uh, so bad that uh, uh, there's a note here uh, that on TikTok, a McDonald's uh, employee was begging customers not to come and and get it. Um, in tr- the true tradition of American marketing, we'll fix it once it goes to market. Apparently, the boxes themselves cause a problem because they're not stackable. <laughs> and, and so that means they have to be prepared uh, in advance. And um, but the, the the run on them has been so intense because it had to be stockpiled. I mean, it was a people come that I want 10 of them. And you, it, it's like, OK, I got 10 of them sitting here on the counter. And just imagine that, if you will, that it's sitting there a uh, couple of racks on wheels like bakers use. Or, or how uh, they hold the boxes. Now, um, there are toys in it. So, I mean, it has to have a toy. And the toys will be Grimace, the Hamburglar, Birdie, and Cactus Buddy, which goes to the brand. Now, as everything that we talked about earlier in the law of supply and demand that, um, you know, these are available online and depending on your source and uh, could be uh, as high as $200 if if you bought it online. Uh, it also has uh, um, increased uh, the attraction of McDonald's rewards uh, uh, program uh, more as of... Uh, um, as of today, that, that a tremendous increase in the app. So, uh, congratulations to McMarket that um, they found what we didn't know we needed, and we bought as many as we could. Uh, this is a dated story. Uh, I'm, I'm not a frequent flyer at McDonald's. I, I don't know if they're still available. I guess I should have done the research. But for me, the idiocy is not whether you can still buy one, but that you could buy one in the first place. And you would want one. That's questionable, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it doesn't go into 
you know, my kid has to have them. I mean, there, there are stories uh, uh, about uh, reminiscent for me of like the Cabbage Patch Kids, uh, you know, back in the day where you had to line up at the toy store, um, you know, at the crack of dawn and were issued a lottery ticket so you could buy a Cabbage Patch Kid for your own kid. I mean, uh, I, I go back to w- one of my uh, favorite people that I learned about in college, and uh, the gentleman's name, um, uh, well, actually the name will come back to me um, in a moment, but the quote is that no one uh, ever went broke underestimating uh, the intelligence of the American consumer. And that was from H.L. Mencken. I apologize for my uh, old fog. H.L. Mencken said that. And when did they say it? In the late 20s. So um, remember, we're the folks that bought the pet rock. And a year later, we were sold a book to take care of our rock called The Care and Feeding of Your Pet Rock. What a country. So the burning question that I have is, what else did you get in the box? A hamburger? Uh, yeah, you can get a, you can get either get McNuggets or a hamburger. Th- those are your choices and a toy. And fries? Uh, and fries. And, and a drink? And a drink. Yeah, I mean it's a happy meal. I mean a happy all, meal for adults, huh? For adults, assuming you can find it. <laughs> but I tell you something you can find and that is us. We are on Facebook at Two Old Goats and we are on Gmail at twooldgoats at gmail.com. And the whistle's about to blow again as we head out the door to see you next.